so excited to be here today for two reasons. One is I get to be with you guys, right? I get to, to see you guys face to face. But two, I get to have an encounter with God. I, I, I get to come to a place where we, we can gather together and just meet in his presence and meet in his house. Aren't you thankful for that? Somebody say amen. 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 I want to talk about just real quick before I get into my ministry time about this past week at, at kids camp. We had an incredible time. Um, it, it was amazing to see how God really moved and, and just encountered and impacted the lives of so many kids that were here. Uh, we, it, it, it was just awesome to, to, to get the love, right? How many of y'all know it's different when you just receiving love from children? It is when you take, to, to get the hugs and to, to get this heartwarming smiles when they come in and they're just like, good morning, Pastor Ross. I'm so excited to be here. And then you look at the parents and the parents are just like, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired. But no, it was exciting. It was fun. And man, I'm, I, to be honest with you, I was kind of sad that it had to end. I was, I was like, man, once you get into that rhythm, once you get going and, and you start doing, you know, kids camp every day, it's like you never want it to end. You always want it to continue. But uh, what, 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 I'm, <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm here to do, though, is to bring that same fire that was brought this past week that impacted our kids. And, and, and I want to talk to you right, right quick about that. I want to talk to you about how God's power changes us from the inside out. And one of those key words that I'm mentioning today is power, right? And so I have my little handy dandy flashlight up here that's, that's battery operated, right? And, 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 and the sole purpose of this flashlight is to give life, uh, give light, right? To, to spread light, right? In the midst of darkness. And so what, what, What's cool about this flashlight is that it's powered by batteries. But how many of you guys know that batteries don't last forever? They're temporarily. In fact, a lot of times, even in my house, me, me and Elena are constantly like rummaging through the, the drawers just to find some double A's. It feels like you can never have enough double A's in your house, right? It's, it's temporary power. But what if I told you this morning that you could tap into a power that is everlasting, that is eternal, what if I told you that, that there is a power that comes from our Heavenly Father that even in the midst of the storms and even in the midst of the chaos and even, if, even in the midst of things happening, it's a power that never gets disconnected. It's a power that continues cycling us, giving us life, right? Giving us energy, giving us that, that refreshing that we need to really just keep moving forward. Before I get into, into my word a little more, I just, let's, let's go ahead and, and let's go to God in prayer. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord God, to just give you, give you praise and Lord God, to, to, to give you thanks, Lord God, for all that you're going to do. Father, I pray that today that we would just get out of our own way and we would just allow you to do all that what you have in store for us today. I pray that today Today would be a day that when, you know, we leave that, that we would be forever changed, that the way that we walked into this place is totally different than the way that we walked out. Father, I'm asking for a godly encounter, a, a, a Jesus encounter, Father. Lord, God, allow us to hear from you today. Allow us to not only be listening with our ears, but also listening with our eyes on what you are doing throughout this, throughout this place, Lord God, throughout our families, Lord God, and throughout the other places that we have come, that we come into contact with. Father, we ask all of this in your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. So, 
Last week at Camp Fearless, the whole thing was really adventuring into the wild. And I remember going into this camp, I was asking God, I, was, I, I kept saying, God, show me what you really want to minister on. Show me what you really want to talk to some of these kids about. And one of the things that God had showed me is that we have to be real, real, real good at making sure that we have the proper tools and resources in order to go through the wilderness. I don't know about you. I mean, there's some things that I want to take with me when I'm going into the into the forest, right into the wilderness. And in a couple of those things that I, that we kind of ministered on is, is it's maps and, and, and just other things as far as tents and coverings for protection. But one of the things that really stood out for me that week was fire. Can somebody say fire? And you know, when we think about fire, sometimes we think about fire just destroying things. But there is a revelation that I'm here to tell you with the, uh, about us Christians that if we are saved and we carry Jesus within our hearts, that the thing is, is that we no longer have a fire that destroys things. We have a fire that empowers things. We have a power that changes things. We have a power that transforms us from the inside out, right? Versus the total opposite and allowing the world to transform us from the outside in. That could happen. Today, I'm going to be ministering out of the book of Galatians. And we're going to be talking about one of Paul's letters to the, to the Galatians. And one thing that I love so much about Paul is that Paul, in one instant, had a radical God encounter. And yet he went from persecuting Christians to saving Christians or helping save Christians through the word of God and through the power of God. And so Paul started the churches in Galatia. One of his many journeys that he took. And then, of course, a while later, just, just like a lot of us sometimes, we have a tendency to start leaning in or gear, kind of going and, and gearing out more towards, you know, the laws and the rules uh, of the world, of, the, of our government. And one of the things that Paul had kind of heard is that, hey, they were teaching that in order for you to enter into heaven and in order for you to get saved, that you had to go ahead and abide by the rules and the laws that were put in place in Galatia. And how many of you know, how many of you guys know that that's, that's not it? That there's only one way into heaven, and that is through salvation. That is through us accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? And so Paul was like, I'm, I'm worried about my friends. I'm worried about my people over there. You know, God actually sent me on this mission, right? The Holy Spirit guided me to this place in order for me to minister. And so what Paul began doing is he began writing letters. And, and, and that's how we got the book of Galatians. And but... One of those things for me kind of just stands out in the book of Galatians. But before we get started, let's look at chapter 3, verse 11. It says that clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. So another way to say the verse is that, that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It is only by believing that Jesus died for our sins that we could be saved. Let me tell you something. Ain't no doctrine that, pe that man puts in place can get us saved or can get us into heaven. Ain't no rule that we put in place that we're having to follow is going to get us into heaven. It's by the blood of the lamb that we're actually able to be saved to enter into heaven. It's because of his sacrifice, right? It's because our God, right? In John 3, 16, everybody knows it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, right? But will have everlasting life. The blood that he shed 
the blood that he shed saved me. One of the things that is important to remember is that in having that encounter and in in being saved, right, in accepting salvation, that Jesus, right, comes to live inside of us and changes our lives. You see, his power then comes inside of us and changes our lives from the inside out, takes out our old sinful lives, gives us a fresh, fresh start, a new creation in him. Jesus came to this earth. I'm telling you, he came to this earth to set us free. He called us to live a life and he called us to live life abundantly, not to live in bondage. There's a difference. And so he came to set us free from sin. And when I, when I asked Jesus into my heart, right, Jesus's perfect righteousness or complete freedom from sin became mine. The coolest thing about it is that you don't have to get on one knee and beg for it because guess what? We have a heavenly father that loves us so much that he is willing to give it. He is willing to give it. It's not something that we have to fight for because he's willing to give it. He is wanting a relationship with his, with his kid, with his children, right? He is wanting that. You know, when I, when, when the father looks at me, one thing that I want him to see is Jesus' perfect perfect sinlessness covering me. I want him to see Christ all over me. I want him to see the things that have changed from going from my old sinful ways to my new creation, my new identity in Christ. One of the things that we need to remember though is that in order for us in, in order for us to become more like Jesus, right? We can't just do it alone. We need the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody say amen. You know, man can't live, look, we can't live by flesh alone. We have to live by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So in order for us to become more like God, what do we, what do we have to do? We have to bear fruit. We have to bear good fruit. This past week, I taught the kids about the fruit of the Spirit. And it was funny because I was standing up here and I was walking back and forth and I was asking all the kids, I says, hey, does anybody know what the fruit of the Spirit is? And I had one kid answer in the back. He says, is it a watermelon? I said, no. I had another kid. I said, does anybody else know what the fruit of the spirit is? I had another child raise his hand, bless his little heart. He said, Pastor Ross, you sure it isn't a strawberry? I said, no, it's not a strawberry. Although I like strawberries, right? And strawberries are good fruit. How many of y'all love strawberries? I love strawberries. I'll go even a step further to say I I love chocolate covered strawberries. Man. That just, it's like, it's sweet, but refreshing when you just bite in it. I mean, that's some good fruit, y'all. I'm just saying. Next thing you know, we, we, we cover in chocolate with every fruit. Chocolate covered water, honeydew melon, chocolate covered watermelon. It's so good. But what is it to become as we let God, the Holy Spirit, change us from the inside out? Well, let's look at some of the fruit of the Spirit. We become like joy. We become like peace. We become like forbearance. We become like kindness. We become like goodness. We become like faithfulness. We become like gentleness. We'll become like self-control. And we become like love. I'm just saying, now that I'm sitting up here and I'm thinking about it, it's like, I, I, you know, looking at Jesus' walk in his ministry on earth, it's like he was a clear reflection of all of this fruit. This good fruit that manifested from the Holy Spirit, right? So, I'm here to tell you guys that when we accept Christ, Jesus as our Savior, right? It is then our mission to become more like him. 
The thing is, is that the minute you you become a Christian, it's not for us to just stop growing. Right. It's not for us to go deeper. Uh, I, I mean, it is for us to go deeper in our relationship with him. It's, it's not for us to not do anything with that relationship. Let me tell you something. A lot of us are parents, a lot of us are grandparents, a lot of us are our mothers and fathers. And the relationships that you have, listen, didn't just develop by you not investing anything into them, right? The, the, what had happened was is that there was time that was spent. There was an investment that it cost something for me to develop into this relationship, right? Getting more like him allows us to also notice and hear his voice. You see, what a lot of us don't realize is that, you listen, if I didn't have a relationship with my parents, I would not know their voice. But yet I do. So I know their voice. It's the same thing with your heavenly father. It's the same thing with your heavenly father. So I want to strive to be more like him. I want to look at two of those fruits today. One of them being love. Can somebody say amen? You know, I... I I, I think I'll be safe to say that sometimes we kind of get this. It, it's the world has gotten so good at manipulating what love is, what God's love is. Right. Let me give you the biblical perspective from first Corinthians chapter 13 it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It does not puff up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It's not revoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. God is love. But what God isn't is a boastful God. He isn't a, a jealous God, right? He isn't a, an anger God, an angry God, right? He loves us. He loves us so, 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 so much. And I'm here to tell you guys that the love that we have in, in Christ Jesus, the love that we have that he shares with us, that we are to, to give. Let me just say that real quickly, that we are to give, right? Because it's love being one of the fruits. That's what we are to give, Let's look at the last one that I want to go over, self-control. Everybody say, ooh. Because it's so easy to act the right way until one thing goes wrong, and the next thing you know, you are what? On the floor, kicking and screaming, using language and words that you're not even supposed to be using. Don't y'all know that the Bible says that out of the mouth, the heart speaks? So what's in your heart? What is in your heart? Self-control, y'all. Self-control. I bring this up because there's a lot of times that we, we, we look at, at, at these fruit and we think, man, we're bearing it all. But one thing that I want to tell you, yes, parents and as grandparents and as aunts and as uncles, is that the fruit that you bear overflow into your children. So what reflection of the fruit of your spirit are you showing your kids? What, 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 are, what, what are you showing your kids? What are, you know, you have been called to shepherd your kids while you are here on this earth until the chief shepherd, somebody say amen, until he comes back to, takes us home with them, 
We have been called to shepherd the kids that God has given us to minister to. What fruits are you bearing that are overflowing into your kids? Self-control. We have plants, right? How many of y'all plant lovers? I know my wife is a plant lover. I have to buy a plant every week. (laughs) But one of the things that I want to tell you guys is that when we go ahead and we plant plants, right? When we plant those plants in the ground, when we plant those seeds in the ground, we have to water it, right? We have to give it sunlight. Why? Because we want it to grow into a healthy, beautiful plant. We want it to either either bloom a beautiful flower or you want to see it grow some, some amazing fruit, right? That we can one day maybe kind of take with us and bring back with us and eat and just enjoy. But yet a plant does not grow if it don't give it water and if you don't give it sunlight. Well, here's something. We're the plants, y'all. And in order for us to grow in, 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 in God with, and grow deeper in our relationship with God, we have to be giving ourselves the proper nutrients that we need in order to grow. We need to be feeding our hearts with the word of God. When's the last time you picked up your Bible and opened it and started reading scripture? When's the last time you sat down together as a family and prayed? When's the last time you respected God and sat at the dinner table and and, and blessed the food before you actually began eating? When's the last time you turned off secular music and just began worshiping in your car, not worrying about what the person outside thinks of you when you pull up to the red light? I do that a lot, by the way. I also do that on my bus, too. The kids think I'm crazy. It's like, what are you doing? I'm like, listen, it's just, it's just God. It's just God. And the coolest thing about bearing all of the good fruit is that we are, are able to walk constantly in a way where people recognize us as a child of God. As a child of God. We have to have to be be reminded, especially y'all in a world that we're living in, we have to be reminded that we live in a world where, listen, we need God more than ever. Our kids to me, our kids need to be a, a, a clear reflection of, of even who God is. In their schools, let me tell you something. Your kids, just so you guys know, your kids are not exempt from the giftings of the Holy Spirit just because they're children. I had a couple kids ask me this past week and say, hey, Pastor Ross, I'm getting like this little like stomach feeling. And it's like, okay, God, now I have to explain this to a five-year-old. Okay, cool. (laughs) But they're not exempt from the gifts. Actually, the Bible talks about actually being being like little children. Listen, kids are our greatest mission field. And yet sometimes they're the last ones to be reached. We're, we're, we're so consumed by being busy. Oh, well, work called. We've got to answer that phone call. Here, take your tablet. Here, take your, take your iPad. Here, here, do this. Go sit off in the corner. Mommy or daddy will be right with you. And then next thing you know, five minutes turns into 10 minutes, and 10 minutes turns into 15 minutes. Next thing you know, it's 9 o'clock at night, and maybe some of the kids haven't even eaten supper yet. 
It's like, oh man. Do y'all know that we are all called to be ministers of our home first before we're ministers to our job? Our first priority that God has given us, the first responsibility that God has given us is to be ministers of our home. All that to ask you again, what what are you reflecting off to your kids that is good fruit of the spirit? Just when you think they're not listening, how are you responding to your to your spouse? How are you responding to that angry coworker that's on the other end of the phone line? How are you responding to to things in in, in chaos? Because I'll say this, how you respond has a tendency to, to be more how your kids start responding. It's what it is. It's what it is. My challenge to you today is to make sure that you clearly understand what the fruit of the Spirit are and how we are to be bearing that. And how if you're a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or uncle, how is that a clear reflection off of our children? Because on the backside of that, the people who take care of your kids know what fruit is being bared at your house. I'm just saying, just being honest. Every every head bowed, every eye closed. David, if you wouldn't mind coming up. We're going to go into a time of prayer. In an instant, y'all, Paul was... Uh, It gets me so excited to think that, you know, in an instant, Paul was radically saved. He went from persecuting Christians, going to kill them, going to lock them up in jail, to actually building, building the kingdom of God. He literally became blind, and Ananias prayed over him. Scales removed from his eyes. He saw again, and he saw things in a different way. He saw things in a different way. I'll say this. The minute that I, that, that, that I spoke those words, the minute that I confessed with my mouth the sins, in that very second, I knew that I cannot go back to who I was before I became saved. I became a new person. I saw things different. And so I'm asking each of you in here, are you seeing things clearly? And are you seeing things differently from you were before you were saved? With every head bow and every eye closed, if you want a fresh fire within your heart, If you want to see things differently, I want to ask you to do one thing. I want you to stand up to your feet right where you are. This is not only a salvation call, but it's also a call to say, hey, I need that fresh wind. I need to be reminded that I need to bear those good fruits. 
I want my people that I work with to know that I am a Christ follower. I want my kids to know that I am saved. Would everybody in the house stand? I want you all to repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Lord, we know that we're sinners, but we're in need of a Savior. Father, I pray right now that you would just come into our hearts, that, would you, that you would just transform our lives, that you would just give us a new vision. You would just give us a new refreshing, that we are not to be who we were before we were saved. But Father, I'm proclaiming it right now that as I take my next steps, Father, that I am a new person, that I have a new identity, that I am not the same. Lord God, that today I'm proclaiming that I am forever changed. Father, we ask all of this. We seal this prayer. And it's in your mighty name we pray. I want to do one more thing before we walk out of this place today. Man, don't you just love God? I love him. I love him. I want everybody to be seated, and I want everybody who is going back to school within the next two weeks, I want you guys to remain standing. All kids returning back to school, I want you to stay standing. This is an opportunity for you guys as parents to begin to pray over your kids. If your kids are standing up, I want you to extend your hands to them because we're going to pray a blessing over them that they would be used as a living and mighty vessel in these schools. Father, we come again to you today, Lord God, to give you thanks and praise. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would just begin equipping the ones, Lord God, that are called to the schools in this next season. Father, that no matter what grade level that they're going in, Father, I pray that there will be no darkness that will over or supersede the, the light that, get, that they shine, Father. That when they walk into the room, that things begin to scatter and things begin to come into order. Because why? Because it's the Spirit of God that walks inside of the room. Father, I pray right now that you would just begin outpouring a, a spirit of joy, Father, a spirit of love, Father. I pray that they would just begin to operate out of joy and love this year, that nothing would be able to, to get them down or aggravated. Lord God, nothing would make them feel indifferent, Father, but that they are called, God. Let them be reminded of the giftings that they have, Lord God, not just because of who they are, but because of who, who you are, because of what you have given them. Father, I pray right now that these kids would, would, would remain whole, God. I pray that right now that, that there's not no weapon that formed against them will prosper. We cancel every assignment of the enemy, that they will prevail, Lord God, that they will thrive this year in school. They will not have no disorder. They won't have no ADHD. Lord God, they will have you. Father, that they would have you. Father, we love you. We love you so much and we thank you, Lord God, for giving us our greatest blessings that we are to attend to while we are waiting for your return.
Father, I pray that you would just begin to give guidance and direction to all of the parents. Father, I pray that there would be no, no, no cloud, no smoke, no chaos, no confusion, nothing that would kind of clog their thoughts on, on, the, on the directions that they need to take. Father, I would love for them to be reminded, Lord God, that they, they, they need to turn to you as well. When their kids come home from school and they're crying and they're not knowing what to do, Father, I pray, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit would just remain and be with them to begin to speak to begin to love and again to bring forth the joy that was once there. Father, we seal this word in your name and we ask all of this. And the church said, amen, amen, amen.